Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. Uh, I guess a couple quick pieces of housekeeping. Firstly, uh, our topic this week, if you've read the episode title, is fear of rejection. And ironically, uh, or not so ironically, perhaps, our technology rejected us last week and um, the audio is not usable. So we are yeah. re-recording, uh, hope, hoping to try to recapture some of the magic. Last week we had... What was it? Three movie references and an eggplant emoji comment that were forever lost. Oh, my God. I don't remember the movie references at all now. I don't either. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) maybe we'll just have to, like, see what organically comes up. Uh, Oh, yeah. Because you can't you can't recreate now. No, no. Um, But we have one more bit of housekeeping, which I'll defer to you on the Instagram to update everybody because i i don't know how yeah, to speak uh, about it the the prim and proper podcast instagram account is under construction i don't know what happened to it but i can't log in so i'm either yeah. gonna have to you know contact customer service which might exist with instagram or it might be like a robot just declining my <laughs> rejecting my request <laughs> or i'm just gonna have to make a new one so yeah. We'll keep you Stay we'll keep you updated. That, yeah. yeah. I do have a question though. So like, you know how there's the metaverse where it's like you have your online persona, right? I just keep seeing like the memes online about like Mark Zuckerberg's dumb avatars and how stupid they look. Mm-hmm. I bet you that uh Instagram's customer care is just some like avatar in the metaverse. That's probably who's gonna respond to you. That's I, I think the so. point that we're at. I hope so, because no human being should have to do a customer service phone line job. It is torture. I've done it before. Fuck that. It is. But I will say sometimes, like, I get so irritated when you call for help and you have, like, all the menu prompts. And it's like, press one for and Like, none of the menu prompts help. And you're just like, representative, representative. (laughs) It's like slamming zero. Right. You're like frantically pushing the zero. It's a whole thing. And then by the time, yeah. like, they're yeah. like, oh, I think you want an agent. And I'm like, yes. They're like, just so we can give the agent a heads up, what are you calling about? And it's like, <laughs> I can't. I can't redo None of your this. fucking business. <laughs> uh, well, I guess on to today's topic then. I think that's all the housekeeping we had. Uh, fear of rejection. About to lay, yeah. lay our souls bare. Uh, no, we're not. We're not necessarily going to open up about our deepest, darkest moments of rejection. But I think more universally, talk about the experience and kind of how we cope with it. Uh, but before we get into our yeah. our coping mechanisms, do you um, do you think rejection is someone that that everyone uh, that everyone experiences, or do you think it's uh, do you think there's anyone out there who doesn't ever feel have a fear or feel rejection? I think that everyone feels it. I think some people feel it more than others. And <clears throat> probably the more you experience rejection, maybe the the more opportunity you have to not feel it so hard, I would say, in my experience. But yeah, everyone's got that 
doesn't really like to not get their their way I guess that's my best way of describing it it's like that's not how I wanted it to go that sucks yeah yeah well I I so I think you're right I feel like it's a very universal human fear I I know we talked about this last time as well I feel like it evolutionarily makes sense like we used to back in caveman days we're like in tribes right like you had your people and you lived and worked together for safety reasons and survival reasons and it like the worst thing that could happen to you would be like getting kicked out of the tribe and kind of you know it's it felt it uh seems to me like that would be like a death sentence to be like forced to survive on your own um so I do I think there's probably this like innate human need to feel like you belong and Mm -hmm. rejection kind of gets at that right because if you're being rejected it maybe doesn't feel like you're part of something yeah or like you're not being chosen that's yeah kind of like a you know hits you not Mm -hmm. in the right spot but I mean luckily now I guess the caveman thing might have been more of like physical survival that kind of struck in them or now it's more of like a social thing yeah right I think those social survival things um still exist for sure. Although maybe some some people could not physically survive if they were thrown from their tribe right now or whatever, like their living situation. If they were so dependent on it, you know what I mean? It just depends on who you are. Yeah, well, I actually saw, so it's kind of funny because in between when we recorded this last week and today, I saw a headline about a remote indigenous person in the Amazon whose tribe was completely wiped out by... Um, you know people coming in to use the land and essentially wiped out his tribe but he has been living on his own for however long completely isolated I didn't I should have read the article so I could better you know speak to it but uh, essentially he is the last person of his his tribe or his community um, and he died like in the last couple days because I think they track you know those indigenous um, people who live in the Amazon. I don't know if there's anywhere else in the world where people don't have contact with the rest of the world. I know at least that exists in the Amazon still. I don't know if it exists oh, anywhere else. Yeah, West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, Appalachia <laughs> as well. A hundred percent. Sorry, I heard. I heard West Virginia. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, let me ask, like, when when you are feeling, in the moments you have felt rejected, what is it about rejection that you find so, you know, difficult? Because it's not easy. Yeah. What's the part I mean, you in struggle the past, with? In the past, mostly, um, my, my struggles with rejection were more like, if somebody rejected me in a certain way, I felt it more of like a rejection of who I was. Mm. More so. Or like, you know, a rejection of what I was capable of or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that to me, it was like more of a like a self-worth, like I don't feel too good about myself and this person has uh, confirmed that I am not worth it. And that's really where like I used to get hung up. Yeah, I think it's pretty similar for me, especially in relationships. It definitely gets at like this feeling that I'm not worthy or that I'm not lovable. 
Um, mm-hmm. And in other areas, like professionally, it's it's probably goes back to that like unworthiness. Not necessarily that I'm unlovable because I don't necessarily <laughs> think that I need my employer to love me. Um, but it's like, yeah, I this they do. I'm not good enough feeling. Yeah, and in the moment, that feels very real, no matter, like, who you are at first. But if you can, you know, get past it and think about the grand scheme, you're just kind of like, that's not really true. But it, it's not easy to, to get to that point. No, and often before I can get to, like, a healing part, I notice it will trigger sometimes. Again, it depends on the situation, of course, but... um trigger you know other fears I have such as like fear of being alone or being isolated um any shame I might have especially like with work if I feel like you know there's some sort of shame about again not being good enough like it seems to have all these um ripple effects to it I guess it's called spiraling you can spiral pretty bad yeah with rejection Yeah, I could say spiraling would be the best word for that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like rejection is one of those things that can really get me to spiral. Yeah, you can like keep on like beating yourself up about it and just kind of never get back to that point where you're realizing that you do have something to bring to the table. Mm Mm-hmm. So besides, because I feel like the obvious areas we um, experience rejection are in romantic relationships, and maybe mm. yep. second most common is perhaps professional settings. Are there any other instances where you can think of, just like broader instances where rejection comes up? I mean, if we're we're talking relationships, are we including, like, friendships and, like, family relationships? I mean, I didn't necessarily... I didn't necessarily list them, but, yeah, I think absolutely those are other types of relationships where rejection happens. Yeah. I mean, outside of that, I mean, there's, um, like, I guess certain, like, causes or passions or, like, hobbies or something where you may be totally all in on it and it's just not working out. So that could be, I mean, it's not professional, but it could be something that, you know, something you really care about and it's just a no, it's just not panning out and that could be a form of rejection. Yeah. Like being picked last for dodgeball in seventh grade. I'm still harboring that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I tried to play the clarinet once and I was just like, I want this so bad, but I'm so terrible. Oh my gosh. I played the clarinet. Um fifth grade and then I gave up not because I was terrible I just I wish I'd actually stuck with it I had no idea though that you also played the clarinet for some time for some very brief time because at that time (laughs) if I wasn't good at something as a kid I was just like fuck this I'm out um so clarinet definitely categorized that but it was something that I wanted to do and when I was just like the worst at it you know things like that where I just felt pretty bad about it yeah, we should do an episode on like, I don't want to call it failure because I don't mean failure, but like how do you push through like the really, you know, kind of honestly like we've been doing in this podcast as uh, <laughs> yeah. we continue to push forward despite the obstacles we 
still seem to face on a regular basis. And we're sorry about that, listeners. We really are trying to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we're bombing as much. I think we're doing much better. I think we're doing much better as well. Yeah. yeah. Last week, though, was that was upsetting. Darn technology. It was. But you know what? I think honestly, this week now, looking back at last week, I may be in a better mindset to actually talk about this even better than I did last week because I was still I was still a little raw about some things last week. Ah, I mean, I still am, but not as much. Way to see the silver lining in this, which I think uh, helps us segue nicely into Mm. how we cope with rejection, because that's what we really want to focus some of our time on is how we manage it when it comes up. Uh, And I feel like looking for the silver linings in a situation can be a great way. I mean, sometimes, right, there's that that uh, saying, like, when one door closes, another one opens. Um, And I know that that's not always the case. And I know that sometimes that's um, it's not always good to immediately go to trying to find the positive in a situation. But I do think in general, it is a good mindset to have that you know, there are other opportunities that can be opened up or there are silver linings to situations, even if it's just a matter of like, I learned and grew from the situation. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, like that whole one door opens, another, another one door closes, another one opens. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a long time between that and For you sure. kind of have to be patient. Um, I dated this girl in college that had very, very, strong attraction to inspirational quotes everything was just like (laughs) spewing out of her mouth constantly but one time she told me this quote about like i don't it could have been a song could have been anything um it was um something about a door when one door closes another one opens but it's hell in the hallways and that like i think that kind of resonates i don't know if you've heard that before but no i don't it is like really tough in the in-between time to kind of like process that shit until something good does happen yeah oh i absolutely i think that's very fair point it's not an instantaneous thing um and yeah i think it can be a very even if it's not necessarily hell it can just probably be like a lonely or dark hallway for a long time Mm-hmm. yeah but yeah it works out i think so mm. well uh i don't know if you're still in touch with this person but if she is looking for an airbnb with lots of those inspirational quotes that are on like uh you know that people frame or that have they have like little boards and stuff with them <laughs> my friends and i got an airbnb in indiana i don't know if it was last year or two years ago holy cow i think there are roughly 50 different items with like those inspirational quotes on them like you know make a house a home yeah. and all these other <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> you know i mean I'm some of those about? can be good yeah, I had one in my bedroom wall for a long time. Um, that that was belonged to my ex, and it said "rise and shine," and it pissed me off every day. I was like, I don't fucking want to rise. And- I hate this. I hate the sign. But I mean, some of them are good. Um, but I do not talk to that girl anymore. She's the one that asked me for ten thousand dollars out of the blue, and I was just like, nah. Wow, she's. Uh... I think I think you yeah. 
trying to remember me telling you that story i do she's just trying to manifest 10 grand well good on her hopefully it worked (laughs) yeah i didn't have 10 grand and sure as shit wasn't gonna give it to her but yeah (sighs) what else do you have for a coping mechanism how do you oh, for it? coping. I forgot we got off track there. For coping, like <laughs> for me, when I... <laughs> it's not an episode about inspirational signs. <laughs> when I uh, when I experience rejection, I know for me it's important to just um, shut my mouth for a little bit and like actually think about what is happening and give myself some time and some space. And particularly whoever's, you know telling me this rejecting news or whatever I need to uh, get 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 space from them and the situation that's my first go-to because you can kind of lose your dignity in some ways I've really realized that um, mm-hmm. you know begging pleading I've done that mm-hmm. then you get rejected twice and that's even worse so yeah 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 don't do that Well, and begging and pleading is such an interesting thing because at at least in the example you're giving here, it feels like you're talking about perhaps like a breakup or an end to like a romantic relationship or even maybe a friendship or family um, relationship. I've seen it in the workplace too, though, honestly. I've seen Mm, that. I could see that. On the receiving side of somebody's begging where you're just like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And I mean, I get... Oftentimes, that is part of the grieving process. It's that bargaining stage of grief and like losing a relationship, losing a position at work or a friendship or whatever you are losing is still a loss, even if that person's not necessarily dying. Um, it's still like the loss of that thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I get that it's in part that that's a natural part of the process. But there's like a difference between processing those bargaining feelings on your own or maybe with like trusted friends or a professional versus, like you said, pleading and begging the person. And then you get like a double rejection because they just like reinforce their rejection of you. Yeah, I've learned that the hard way. And like, I don't want to get too personal, but like um, I've definitely had a breakup and like took like a week to like really you know figure my shit out I thought I was gonna figure everything out in a week and I came back to her and I was like I've been working on myself and (laughs) do you want to try this again and she was like as deadpan flat out like no I don't want to and it just felt I think it felt twice as worse then because I was like well I did all the things that you wanted me to do Mm -hmm. and then just you know that just needed time and space. And for me, time and space was like six months to a year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you are not alone. Uh, I also will not get too personal, but I've done a similar thing when a relationship ended. And I have a feeling anyone listening to this has probably had similar experiences at some point. So just, yeah. I guess, just yeah. know that you're not alone. Yeah, no, you're not. And we're here to keep you from begging and pleading. Please don't do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can beg and plead with me first, please. <laughs> um, well, similar to you and your, like, hitting of the pause button, I also yeah. think that that's important for me. 
but more so because I tend to do one of a few things when a rejection occurs. I either spiral, like I mentioned earlier, or I want to immediately move forward and, you know, be like, everything's fine. I've worked through whatever feelings I had on it. We're great. And really, I'm just kind of ignoring my feelings and just trying to like move ahead quickly in the process. So for me, being able to just like pause and sit with my feelings for a bit and like allow myself to feel whatever it is that's coming up is good because ignoring things historically has only meant that they come up in a different way in the future. It's not really resolving them. You know, so yeah, allowing myself that time and space to just sit and feel a certain way and acknowledge that it's okay to feel that way, like kind of self validate, like allow myself and, and tell myself that it's okay to feel however I feel has been helpful. It's not always the easiest for me to do, but it is helpful when I'm able to do it. Yeah, I, I found that putting all that kind of like stuff into a journal was really helpful if you do it consistently not just do it like uh you know yeah once every three months or something yeah although i will say like when something comes up even if i've not journaled in a while but if i pull out a journal and for like you know over the course of a few days or just whenever something's coming up if i write it down it's still helpful um even if i'm not journaling when something isn't going on if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm talking about like 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 first off, like I guess when it first strikes you, like I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe. Don't wait to journal about it much later. Get that shit right out on the paper, you know? Oh, totally agree. Like I'll keep my journal out like in a handy spot so that I can start writing down my thoughts immediately. Yeah. You keep you keep your journals with that kind of stuff or do you do you Um, no. I have thrown away so many journals with shit that I probably could look back on and be like oh my god yeah no I usually do not keep my journals although funny enough I was going through a closet gosh I don't know maybe a couple years ago and I came across some journals from high school and there were just some parts in it that were were like day-to-day stuff and anyways I think I sent it to you all I journaled about our our friend Ashley and her now partner Mike they like we all knew each other in high school and I I was like Mike needs to leave Maria him and Ashley would be great together and I had like this whole thing (laughs) I wrote about it (laughs) because he was in a relationship with somebody else at the time yeah it was kind of funny to stumble across that like 20 years later and be like whoa blast from the past um, that is cool. You know things. I know. So I have no idea why I kept that journal and I stumbled across it. Um, so that was funny. But yeah, usually yeah, I throw yeah. them out after a certain period of time. I don't I don't necessarily keep them. Because it's more about the process, right, of like putting my thoughts to paper and feeling yeah. like I'm like allowing myself to express and accept whatever it is. It's not so much like I'm going to go back and read it. Yeah, I actually started when I started journaling when I when I went to therapy and started journaling I had so much trouble writing in a journal honestly as if somebody else was going to be reading it yeah or you know like really being pissed off or sad I was like really 
like politically correct because I knew like I was potentially going to be sharing this with my therapist mm-hmm. who was like, you know, anytime I read her anything, she was like, is that really what you meant to say? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You get it. Yeah. You got to let the, the feels out on the rejection stuff. For sure. Like, really. For sure. You just got to like write whatever is coming across on your mind. And it is. It's hard not to self-edit as you're writing because it's like you want to like self-edit your, you know, your feelings or your thoughts instead of just literally putting pen to paper, whatever it is you're feeling. But that I think is the most effective way is to to not self-edit, to just spew stream of consciousness, whatever's coming out, write it. Yeah, I've got some crazy ones. If I if I look back at them, I'm like, ooh, I think I might have been drunk that day. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> I've yeah. definitely gone stoned and ran like 20 pages in my journal. Damn. Mine are like six lines, and they're like running off the page, and it's like, ah, sh- I'll finish that thought someday. Oh, my gosh. I can go down a rabbit hole. And then it brought up this memory from 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, But that, I guess, is a segue into something I do try to do is when I'm feeling a sense of rejection, um, you know, after I've given myself a little bit of time to just like acknowledge and allow myself to feel without thinking too much, I do try to kind of analyze my thoughts and, and, Determine if, like, the way I'm reacting is appropriate to whatever the situation is. Like, am I overreacting and kind of catastrophizing something or is it an appropriate response? Um, And also just to analyze, I can get really, you know, negative self-talk, you know, where it's like this all or nothing, I'm worthless, I'm, you know, not lovable, I'm whatever, whatever it is for the situation. And so I do I do try to ask myself what it is I'm really thinking. Is that an appropriate like intensity level of thought to have for the situation? And even if yeah. even if it is like a really bad situation, the intensity level is okay. Like is my, are my thoughts really accurate? Cuz I can be so like all or nothing. Like because that one relationship ended, I'm no I'm no longer lovable. Like that's not realistic. But I can tell myself that. Yeah, maybe that person was just a fucking shithead, and that's why it didn't work out. Yeah, or maybe yeah. like truthfully, I, I mean, they're a good person. You're just not compatible. Yeah, it just doesn't work out, or you know, timing's wrong, or something. But mm-hmm. Yes, it's no big deal. I mean, it is a big deal. It feels like a big deal at the time. But like some of the best, th- like being rejected is like some of the best things that have happened to me. Like. I'm really grateful for some of the things that didn't go the way I wanted them to because I, I was in a really bad spot when I thought I wanted that. So, mm, that's interesting. Much better off now. Yeah, yeah. And there's that uh, perspective and silver lining that we were talking about that you don't have in the moment. No, you really, you really don't. Mm-mm. Not at all. But your friends can have that. I've noticed that, like. That's another coping strategy is like to reach out to people who you know are going to offer you some kind of like really supportive words. Like don't reach out to the person that also has been going through some shit because there might not be 
Yeah. Might not be there with you or somebody that you don't really know that well or you can't really be that vulnerable with. And it just feels good to to talk with people you can trust so they can help you see, maybe even if you don't believe it, like the, the truth mm-hmm. or the good things about you. Like that mm-hmm. exercise I did where you guys all wrote really nice things about me. I didn't believe any of the stuff that you guys wrote, but... You know, I was able to look back at it and think, you know, maybe it wasn't really me. It was just the situation or, like, the dynamic wasn't right. Yeah, absolutely. I do love that even though collectively we've all known you for, you know, like 100 years as a group, you're like, I cannot trust Dang. anything they say. They are all lying to me. I know. And that was really, like, crazy for me to think that. But it just felt so... It felt so false because when you don't feel that great about yourself, you're just like, and that's really what I think the rejection thing is. You don't have very much self-worth. So anything that challenges that is, uh, it's too much. Yeah. So anything that says positive feels like it's bullshit. Right. Well, absolutely. I agree with you. You're seeing yourself this way and it feels like, people who are saying they see you a different way obviously are either not looking the way they should be looking or lying to me for some ulterior motive like just trying to make me feel better but they're not really telling me the truth like yeah I think it's a lot easier to um not believe what someone's saying when it doesn't align with how you see yourself it's like very easy not to do that yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Oh. I wish I could give you a hug right now. <laughs> me too. I'm 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 a hugger, as you know. I am too. I like to be I like to be held. <laughs> That's actually like almost more so than somebody like if I'm feeling very raw from rejection, I almost am not looking for somebody to offer me supportive words although I'm not necessarily opposed to that I'm more often than not just want someone to literally hug me like that yeah you know what I mean though that like that speaks to me more sometimes than what someone can actually say like there's something Mm -hmm. that's communicated through like a hug with someone that you really trust and feel safe and comfortable with and you know cares about you that like no word could say to me yeah, I, I know that's, like, my go-to when I know somebody's, like, crushed. I just want to hug them. And when when they don't want to hug, I'm like, what the fuck do I do? I know. This is what this is what feels right to me. Same. I want to just, like, hug somebody, which is why I'm always saying to you all when you're going through something like sending virtual hugs because I just, like, wish I could wrap you up in my arms and give you a hug. Oh, that sounds great. I'd like to be swaddled. <laughs> I would Wearing love to swaddle you if you're going through a difficult time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank my coworker, you. And it, it does remind me of that whole, like, what's your love language? Because mine, for sure, is physical touch. But words of affirmation is second for me. My coworker, though, is clearly acts of service because she is always, like, if something is going, someone's going through a difficult time, she's always like, I would, I'm going to make you soup. I'm going to send you soup. And like that's her thing. Is like That's her way of taking care of people she, she loves. Ugh, man. 
That would be so nice. I don't I don't receive that very well, I guess. I don't either. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm just like, no, no, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I know. Well, that is such an interesting thing. Like, we didn't talk about this last time, but, like, thinking of supporting your friends when they're feeling rejected or just really going through any difficult time. It doesn't per se have to be because of rejection. But it's like if you know them and what helps them best, try to do that thing. But I think mm-hmm. we all want to do like what we know helps us instinctively. Like, again, I know that hugs are very helpful for me. So I tend to like want to give out hugs. Yeah. So maybe you ask them like, hey, what would make you feel better? And sometimes people don't really know and they're just going to be like absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. In which and you case, just gotta feel it out. Yeah, you still should try to do something if they are not in a place to to articulate that themselves. Yeah. I haven't I haven't had to co- comfort many people that have felt rejection lately, which is great. Um, but I did offer I think words of affirmation to somebody who's just simply just didn't believe anything I was saying. Oh. Because she was just in such a bad spot. And is an older lady that I think just probably has felt rejection very um, personally and never kind of tried to find the purpose behind it. So anything I told her was just like, no, it's me. I'm terrible. And I'm just, I was just like at a loss. I'm like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, I still think... Mm. You know, sometimes we, you know, like give some sort of kind words to somebody and it doesn't seem like it makes a difference or an impact, but we don't necessarily know. It's it's like that concept of like you plant seeds, but you don't necessarily see the tree grow, right? So like, I'm yeah. glad that you did that. And I think that's like a lesson for all of us to, to remember to uh, help tend to somebody's seeds might not see the impact it has but it really could in the long term especially if enough people in their life are giving similar messages yeah I can handle rejection pretty well but I hate to see when somebody else is like really taking something super hard it just like bothers me more than you know it not going well for me but for somebody else that can't get past it I always want to try harder for them (laughs) oh it's like you want to i you know i think well you and i are both pretty you know empathic people and i think if you are it's like you know what that pain is like and if you you know you want to like protect people from that pain or remove that pain from somebody yeah so Mm, which kind of leads into have you ever Again, romantic relationships come to mind, but I'm sure this happens in other scenarios. Have you ever held off on like breaking up with somebody or doing some form of rejection to somebody because you are afraid of how it's going to impact them? Um, I haven't. I haven't had the pleasure of having that role very often. It's usually like <laughs> I'm like really fucking dedicated, loyal. I'm gonna just like see this through. Yeah. So for me, I always like try super hard. Um, 
no matter who I'm with until it just is not. It's clearly not right. But I think the one time that I had to tell somebody um, or let somebody down, I, it was a guy that I dated in high school, I, and I told him that I was gay. And I think it's the only person that's ever, like, cried in front of me that had a broken heart that, like, I caused. And it felt pretty terrible, but I prolonged it a little bit because I thought maybe he was going to realize it without me having to tell him. <laughs> you just, like, <laughs> casually started wearing more and more flannels and... <laughs> Talking about how attractive oh, other women shit. were. Yeah, and I, you know, there was, a, I might have mentioned Jill's name 7,000 times. He didn't get it. <laughs> but no, I just, uh, I didn't know how to tell somebody that and be like confident and not get somebody to change my mind because oh, yeah. that's what I assumed what would happen. And he did. He was just like, you know, you're, you're telling a guy that you haven't had sex with that you're gay and you haven't you're telling him you haven't had sex with him because you are gay and mm-hmm. it's just the facts and he's pleading with me you know to say well we can still be together i don't care and i'm just thinking <laughs> oh no how the fuck don't you care i just was baffled you know like this matters a lot oh but that's the power of like i guess when you feel he felt that rejection he was like scrambling to like hold on to me and why the hell would you want to date a lesbian I don't I mean we're great but it doesn't really <laughs> not really great for the straight guy right oh I thought you were gonna say at first he was um like well you haven't had my dick yet so you don't know how <laughs> much you would love it oh or not. no yeah In- instead it was a much more endearing like oh no I still care about you and I'm totally fine if you're okay I'll be with you oh yeah no no, those are comments that I get from, like, you know, people today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And today, where I'm like, uh-huh, okay, yeah, yours is going to be the one. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a straight woman, I can guarantee you it's not the dick that gets you to be straight. It's not the UPS driver that no. hits on me every fucking day. It's not. Um, wow. It's not. That's a shock. I'll have to let him know tomorrow when he tries again. But... Yeah, I think it's best when you are telling somebody or having to let somebody down or, you know, whatever, to to be as honest as you can and direct and not fuck around with it too much, but still be sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that approach, although in the past I have waited to end something that I knew was over because I didn't want to cause that person pain. Ultimately, you're at best just delaying the outcome. Mm-hmm. At worst, you are making it even harder for them because every day, week, maybe even months that you spend together and you know it's not going to work, but they think it's progressing, like you're only you're only making it harder for them. So, um, So now that, you know... That is not my approach, but it, it's like rip a Band-Aid off. Uh, but do it gently or maybe do it quick. I don't know. If you rip a Band-Aid off gently, it hurts more, right? Maybe the analogy isn't yeah, working put, so put, well. You know, pour some olive oil on it. Get it nice and saturated. Um, my ancestors would be proud of that uh, remedy I just came up with. But, yeah, you can uh, 
<laughs> you can be honest and not be a total dick about it. Right. Still be respectful and kind, but also don't don't put off doing something that you know. And again, I, I keep speaking as like romantic relationships essentially, but that could be like a friendship, I guess, that you know needs to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or or position that like position that like you're very heavily dependent like people depend on you so much and you know leaving yeah perhaps or saying goodbye is probably going to be much harder on the organization or the department than it is for you because you're going to just you're going to move on to something else Mm -hmm. but these people will have to find their entire bearings and i think that that for me is a hard one i usually end up sticking in jobs much longer than i should a lot of times um but yeah you know yeah yeah well I also think it's one of those things where not to say you aren't valuable to your organization because I certainly don't mean that but I think sometimes we can feel like our team at work or the organization will struggle but they existed before us you know Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's one of those conversations to have in your own head like what is holding me back from leaving if I feel like I need to leave my place of employment yeah there could be like an attachment to Mm -hmm. feeling like you're the person that's holding it all together or you know Mm -hmm. the excuse for you to not try something else or whatever and I think people stay in relationships like that too like Maybe there isn't something better out there. So I think I'm going to kick this around like for a couple, three more years. Like, I don't know. My last relationship, I knew it was over years before it was over. And I think both of us were just kind of like, is anybody going to care about us more than this other person? Mm -hmm. So we just kept kept at it. But turns out, yes. Aww. I talked to her the other day on the phone and she said she called me homie and I was just like this is she said have a good day homie and I just thought this is the solid uh, this is it like the nail in the coffin of like I don't feel a fucking thing yeah I don't think you come because back from homie like, yeah being called homie or something from somebody that you you know thought you were going to spend your life with it just it makes you laugh now you're like okay <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, any other uh, words of wisdom on how you cope with rejection? Um, try to. I mean, try to do positive things for yourself that are good for your body. You know, take mm. take care of your health. I think a lot of times, like, you know, people can feel rejection and like take to bad habits, like. You know, getting stoned or drinking or, you know, not sleeping well or, like, just eating like shit. I mean, maybe you can have a little bit of that just to, like, kind of give yourself a break. But mm-hmm. don't use it as, like, the solution. Totally agree. And if you find yourself in a situation where, like, that is how you're coping, I always feel like take a baby step. Like, focus instead on a positive behavior, like, drinking plenty of water during the day 
then getting yeah. to bed on time that you know what I mean and like baby step your way out of that negative space yeah you don't want to fake it till you make it as they say because I don't think that really works I think you just kind of want to slowly convince yourself mm-hmm. a little bit you know Mm-hmm. yeah 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 incremental changes and always you know look it's okay if you get to a dark place seek some help it's out there nothing wrong with it yep well yeah well so what were all those movie quotes i don't know oh my gosh i don't know either see it just doesn't factor in now at all did now i couldn't even think of one movie reference last week we had three (laughs) couldn't even do one this week wow or or the eggplant i don't know yeah we started talking about emojis but uh i you know you all know what the eggplant is. Oh, as I said before, it is something different than it is yeah. for you than it is for me. Yeah. Yes. A little, a little different for each of us, but. A little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll see you on the Wordle tomorrow. You sure will. And I guess we'll catch all the listeners next week. Yeah. Hopefully the, the Instagram is up too. So. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll keep, see you then. We'll keep you posted. Hopefully. Bye. (laughs) Bye.